Welcome to another episode of the Guys Telling Stories podcast. I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton. And Bill, we are we're having a good time because we, we are we have some of the best fans out there. It's incredible. Yeah, they are absolutely loving our new Diamond Design T-shirt. Yes, I got a Facebook photo. Of my friend Ron Jovi, Ron Jovi in the house. <laughs> Ron, I met Ron a while back. We were bartenders together. Okay, and uh, it's been a friend for a long time. DJed his wedding. And he sent a picture holding, was it a Tangier? It was a Southern, Southern Tier, Tier IPA. IPA, Southern Tier IPA, uh, wearing the new Diamond Guys Telling Stories t-shirt. Yeah, he was repping the Diamond Design t-shirt. And I got to say, the reason we're so excited, he was the first one to have it. That's right. You know, we announced it over the weekend uh, on our social media, so you can follow us there, guys. And Ron was, uh, he had his, I think, by Wednesday or Thursday. And he had his beer. Yeah, so he was listening probably to uh, the Southern Tier episode with Sarah and Finn Mink, and he was uh, repping the Guys Telling Stories Diamond Design t-shirt. So head on over to our website, guystellingstories.com, and grab yourself uh, a t-shirt just under the merch tab. Also, guys, you can follow us online at Instagram and on Facebook at Guys Telling Stories. And on Twitter, Guys Tell Stories, and Snapchat. Guys tell stories. Also, thanks to everybody who is using our Amazon link. The directions are simple. We get a cut of your Amazon purchase if you just head to our website first and click on the Amazon button. That easy. It's that easy. It doesn't I did cost it yesterday. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything and we greatly appreciate it. So head to our website first before you shop on Amazon. Guys telling stories.com. Sean's not here, so I'll do it. Think Amazon? Think guys telling stories. <laughs> Thank guys, don't stories. Is that far away enough? Uh, that was good. That was good. Also, too, quick announcement. Stick around after Anita Alvarez's episode because we have a short story special Ooh. announcement. We have a short story special special announcement after her interview. So stick around for that. Is it a really special announcement? <laughs> it's a super special announcement. Short story special, real special announcement. A super short story special. I'm already lost. Well, Bill, our guest today is Olympic athlete for... Synchronized swimming, Ooh. Anita Alvarez. Anita. I know. We're very excited to talk to her and hear all about her trip, her journey from basically a young child all the way to an Olympic athlete. I want to know if she's seen the Saturday Night Live version of the synchronized swimming duo. Okay. We'll ask her. We'll ask. Are you much of a swimmer, Bill? I'm not a strong swimmer. What? You're not a strong swimmer? No, not at all. Oh, I used to be a lifeguard and, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, I wasn't on the swim team or anything, but I was a lifeguard and, you know, people always think when you're a lifeguard, you're a really good swimmer, but, you know, our, our pool, our local pool around here was, uh, it was like four feet deep in the middle. Oh, perfect. It was like two and a half feet on each side. And we still had like six lifeguards because it was like. <laughs> so you're up there and it was like, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. And you stand up and you're like, sir, stand up. It's, 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 oh, that's exactly right. We would blow our whistles for, you know, <laughs> kids running, you know, no running. You know, but we never, ever really had to do, you know, much swimming at all. Gotcha. So it'll be exciting to talk to somebody who is an Olympic swimmer. Sweet. Yeah. But before we do that, let's get to our Try at Home segment. These are products where you can head to our website, guystownstories.com, click on the Try at Home tab, and we always throw up uh, something cool that's in our own lives that we actually use or maybe just some suggestions that people sent us. So, oh, yeah. Bill, why don't oh, you... Oh, I'm excited. I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet. I do not have it. But on our Instagram, someone took a picture of a giant 70-foot 
75 inch, <laughs> 75, 75 foot, foot uh, <laughs> 75 inch inflatable swan pool float that comes with the pump. It's it comes incredible. with the pump. Now listen, the best part about this, I don't, I don't have it yet. I will have it this weekend. It is $40 on Amazon. It gets great ratings. It's $40. This thing, 75 inches. What is that? Like 12 feet? He's not going to math. No, it's six feet. But it's huge. It's huge. It includes the pump. If you go on Amazon, giant 75-inch inflatable swan pool float. Includes the air pump. Does not include the girls. $40. (laughs) You can have it by Saturday for your pool party. It's going to be 90 degrees this weekend. Why do you not want an inflatable swan? Uh, this is the type of product we got to recommend, Bill, because it's big enough for two people. It says, You'll see a picture of this one. <laughs> Relax with a friend. Oh, goodness. We are not getting on this together. <laughs> Maybe we should try. We'll po- we're going to post these crazy pictures These and two look good on the swan together. We're on Amazon the, right now. The picture they can't see? Yeah, the picture you can't see. They, <laughs> these two look good. Us, we would... Well, maybe we'd look all right. Yeah, we'd look pretty good. Just a reminder, all these products that we talk about are available on our website under the Try at Home tab. And, Bill, we will. We'll take a cool picture or video. We always post something fun and interesting there. So <laughs> head there just to check out the cool products and funny videos. But you know what I got today? What do you got? I got something I think that uh, our guests might end up needing eventually uh, after the Olympics. We got a professional ultrasonic jewelry cleaner. Do you know what that is? Um, like a shower? No, the best way to describe it is my wife uh, asked for this, and we have it at the house. It is this little container that you plug in, and you put this little jewelry cleaner inside, and you can polish your rings, you can polish your sunglasses. It makes everything look like sparkly and new. Oh, cool. Really cool thing. You can also polish your Olympic medals. Ah, I see where you're going with this. Exactly. So if you like the sound of this professional ultrasonic jewelry cleaner, we have it. I'll post a video of it. Or if you like the sound of Bill's giant 75-inch inflatable. <laughs> Mine are a little little less serious than yours. <laughs> By the way, guys, both of these are under $40. So a little something for um, for those of you who, who, who want something fun for a little bit of money. These make great gifts. Instead of bringing lunch over or dinner, you buy dinner, someone's having a pool party, and you're like, yeah, I'll bring all the food. Well, that's 40 bucks. Bring a swan. <laughs> a giant inflatable swan. Christmas. You don't, you don't know what to get mom for her birthday, Christmas stuff? Get a jewelry cleaner. It's 40 bucks. Get shipped to you. I think you can even write a little card. Like, they'll, Don't they do that? They, I think they do something like that. Yeah. I think both of these products are the perfect gifts for someone you love. Because <laughs> nothing says I love you like a giant 75-inch inflatable swan. Well, you're getting it. All right. Let's get to our guest today, Bill. Anita, Anita. Anita Alvarez. She is an Olympian. She's on Team USA for synchronized swimming. She's been competing at the national and international level probably since... Her whole life. Yeah, her whole life, basically. Yeah. She grew up with it. Yeah. What I've, what I've read, we'll ask her. But. And the Olympics are happening this week, so if you're listening in after the Olympics, she is headed to Rio, and she is one of only two people representing the United States at the Olympic Games for synchronized swimming. All right, so let's, uh, let's give Anita a call. Sounds good. Anita, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, in the beginning, we also, we'd like our guests to promote their social media and anything that they have going on. So uh, where can people find and follow you? So I have my Instagram and Snapchat are at Anita A. Alvarez. So my first and last name, A-N-I-T-A-A-L-V-A-R-E-Z. And then my Twitter is the same thing, um, at Anita A. Alvarez 12. 
Awesome. Yeah. So guys, show her some love on, on social media. So Anita, since you've been uh, named to the uh, the Olympics qualified and you're on the team, have you you got a little bump in the in the social media following at all? Um, yeah, a little bit, especially with, you know, team being on like the Team USA social media accounts and stuff as mm-hmm. well. So it's been been pretty exciting these past few months. Yeah. I can only imagine all of a sudden having like a rush of fans, people like you yeah. know, liking your, your, I don't know, your, your picture or, you know, following you if you check to see how many people are watching the videos. So autographs walking through town. Oh, yeah. Strutting. <laughs> yeah. I, you carry a Sharpie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, just synchronized swimming. So we don't, don't always get recognized as much as, you know, like the swimmers would, but it's still, still pretty exciting when we're at events and things. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. So, well, we always like to say, you know, take us back to the beginning, describe what life was like when you first started on this path. But, you know, for you being an athlete, you probably started way before other people, you know, like a business person might've started, you know, in high school or college with like an internship for you, you might've been like two or three years old. Take us back to the beginning. How'd you start on this path? Yeah. So I actually, I began, so I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Um, I began swimming with the club team, the Tonawanda Quets, and I just started started when I was five in like summer and novice programs and joined the competitive team when I was nine. But uh, I've kind of been around the sport my whole life as my mom did synchronized swimming growing up and swam at the collegiate level and began coaching. So she's actually currently the head coach for the Tonawanda Quets, which is the club that I started with. Mm-hmm. So it runs in the family, so, this whole, uh, this whole, yes. okay. All right. And you said mom, she's, she's definitely a coach, but did I hear you right? Was she involved in the sport as well? Yeah, she, she started on the, she swam with the Tonwanda Quets when she was nine. I think she joined the team and swam all the way through high school. And then she swam at the university of Arizona. You know, like uh, we record here in Buffalo and I got to say, you know, you wouldn't think that a Olympic swimmer would come from an environment where like the pools aren't even open until like the end of June. And I think you're probably following me here. You probably don't hear about a a lot of, you know, hockey players that come from, you know, the heart of Texas or like deep deep in Florida. So Arizona, first overall pick this year. Yeah. Born in Arizona (laughs) for hockey. Kind of some trailblazers. So crazy. I mean, the sport itself might be something that people aren't as familiar with it. So I I don't know if you don't mind a little bit, maybe getting into the background, like competitively, how does it work? And what are some variations that people might see if they're kind of tuning in to watch you on the Olympics? So like you said, um, I'm kind of of odd to get uh, someone from Buffalo, New York for synchronized swimming out here on the Olympic team. The actually majority, there's two of the largest clubs are both located in the Bay Area, California. So most of the top athletes come from out here. Every now and then we get get a uh, member from the East Coast. So it's kind of, it's really exciting, not only being from East Coast, but also Buffalo, New York. But synchronized swimming, yeah, a lot of people don't know really the much about the sport other than a lot of people think back to, you know, there's been some SNL skits. and <laughs> I know exactly like what the, you're talking about. Yeah. So people are like, oh, yeah, that water ballet, you kind of like dance and like throw your arms around in the pool. I'm like, well, you know, we're actually training nine hours a day and doing, it's evolved so much as a sport over the years. So it's actually, it's, it's crazy intense now. And we have to do so much, so much different cross training um, on land. We do strength and conditioning weights. We do gymnastics work, ballet and Pilates, uh, regular speed swimming training. Um, so a lot of different things go into our actual synchro routines that we perform and compete with. 
from kind of like doing our research for this interview, I kind of went back on your like timeline and got a chance to see just how long you've been working towards a goal like this. And it's not just the past couple of months or past couple of years. It's, it's basically your entire life. So right. if, if people, uh, fans of you, of the sport, uh, you know, people locally are tuning in when they're watching you and your partner do your routine, what should they be looking for to see if you're doing it? at basically, you know, like a gold medal performance. One of the easiest things for people to look out for is the synchronization, synchronized swimming. So you want to see that we're moving exactly on the same counts and that all of our positions are facing the same direction or on the same angles or kind of everything like that, just just being matched. And you almost want to, sometimes you want to make it seem like it should look like there's only one person swimming. Gotcha. You know, you should see both both people doing the same exact move and you should be like, wow, that looked like one person sort of things like that. Another thing to look for is the height. That's one of the things that the judges are really looking for the height of your legs. When your legs are out of the water, how high you can get out. And then also upright when your face is out of the water, how high you can do the egg beater it's called. Um, and keep yourself out of the water. Cool. And you're not allowed to touch the, the bottom of the pool, correct? No, we're not allowed to touch the bottom. So all the pools we compete in, I think are usually anywhere from nine feet to 16, 17 feet is the pool we're training in right now is 17 feet. So nowhere near the yeah, bottom. You're not getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd actually be more work to swim down to the bottom and try and try and use it. So and I think it was interesting for me when I was trying to, you know, kind of uh, like do a little history. This is a female only sport. Is that correct? Um, yes and no. So in the Olympics, it's it's women synchronized swimming. So only only females. But uh, actually, last year was the first year that at World Championships, the mixed duet event was brought back into World Championships. So there's a duet with one male and one female could swim together. And that was actually really exciting for us because we had the gold gold medal duet for the mixed duet in the technical program and the silver medal duet in the free program. That's cool. So USA has one of the top male synchronized swimmers in the world. And we're trying to, it's sort of trying, everyone's trying to get it back in and hopefully get the event put into the Olympics. So I know we're kind of on this Olympic theme. Um, one more quick question about it. The judges, how do they... Are they scattered around the pool? Do they use video? Do they just use their, their naked eye to judge you? How does that work? So there's there's two panels on both sides of the pool, just on, on the on the sides, not on the, the ends. Mm-hmm. And there's two there's the people who are judging the technical part and people who are judging the artistic part. So we actually swim two different routines. We have the technical program and the free program. So if you see in figure skating, it's sort of like their short program and their long program. Mm-hmm. Our technical program has specific elements that every 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 country will have to perform in a certain order. And there's certain judges scoring the elements. There's judges scoring the artistic impression. So there's presentation, which is you know your face, your just kind of your extension and overall the way you perform your routine. Um, it could also be choreography, the way you swim to your music. And then there's also execution. So your height, your leg extension, your synchronization, all that kind of stuff. So there's a bunch of different categories that go into the judging. Um, and it's based, scored out of 10 for, for the judges. And then there's also 
cameras underwater. So there's some judges watching underwater to make sure you don't touch the bottom. That's, yeah, that's what I was I was kind of getting yeah. at. It'd be cool if the judges were actually underwater. Yeah, but no. would, yeah, yeah, know? right. There's there's no um, <laughs> scubas. <laughs> they don't they don't actually score the underwater part, but they are watching if we touch the bottom, and there are penalties if you do. Do oh, you okay. feel that so. maybe your underwater that is not in sync gets judged? Anyway, um, like you know the Russian judge that. <laughs> Well, it definitely it definitely affects what goes on above water. So even though they may not be judging, you know, what you do underwater specifically, it'll still affect, you know, the way you kick to your left or put your arm up to your right. So so we do try and match every single specific thing. I mean, we're matching the way we the way we kick our legs together to the way we the way we smile, the way we lift our eyebrows, the way we turn your pinky. So it's so that's amazing. Everything is just matched. It's crazy. Well, maybe, uh, you know, he's been talking about the Olympics quite a bit. Maybe we can kind of take us back growing up because a guy like me, I started playing like basketball in fourth grade. I know mm-hmm. Bill was into soccer. He played hockey later on. You know, w- what was your neighborhood like? What was your house like where all of a sudden you're like in your <laughs> early teens and you're kind of one of the best in the world at something? I actually, so my, you know, I grew up with around the sport, um, since I was born, I've been at my mom at the pool with my mom. I used to go and watch her practices and watch her swim meets. And I think now that I think like back to when I was younger, I think I was a pretty smart kid in the way I would, you know, sort of watch and pay attention to the swimmers and notice notice little things like the interactions with the coaches. And you know, I knew the different the people who were late or the people who would talk back and the hard workers from the ones who were just there for fun. So I think I, I recognized those sort of things early on, and I think. I think like noticing that kind of stuff at a young age really helped me develop and mature faster as a young athlete. And I did actually do a lot of different sports growing up. I did softball for a long time. Um, I did dance and gymnastics also, but I, I ended up, I ended up choosing to stick with synchro. And I think that was also a big part. Big part of it was that my parents never pushed me to do synchro, even with my mom being around it, you know, it was always like, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. You can do these other sports. Um, and when it came down to kind of cutting back on activities and choosing what I wanted to stick with, I I chose synchro. So you know the event you're in is uh, called a duet. Are there other synchro events though? In the Olympics, there's only there's two events. There's the team event which swims eight girls, and the duet event which is two. Um, so this year, the U.S. is only sending the duet event. Um, we, oh, kind of, okay. we didn't we didn't send a team for the qualifier. We're kind of working on rebuilding our team. So we have, we have a group of young girls and we're training for 2020 and 2024 right now. So it's actually just my duet partner and I are the only, only synchronized swimmers from the U S going to the, the Olympics this summer. So it's pretty, pretty exciting, pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. <laughs> a little both. Um, but there's also, there are solo events and there's the solo event and a combo, which is a group of 10 girls. So you compete all those events at like world championships and any other competition, but the Olympics is just the team and duet. Okay, so it, with the duet here, um, we're curious about uh, your partner. Then you know how do you how do you meet? Yeah, she's not from Buffalo. No, or, or and yeah. does that does that partner change over time? Like for example, you know if you were qualifying a, a year ago or working towards that, does that partner change from who you might be going to the games with? My duet partner Maria Korleva, she's. Um, was born born in Russia and moved to the U.S. when she was nine. But she's actually she's lived in California. She started synchro in California, and 
um, has been living out here ever since. But she's she's a little older. She's 26. Um, I'm 19, by the way. She was actually in London. So she was the one of the duet members from the last Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually we tried out individually. Um, everyone tried out for the duet individually, and they paired us up. So Marie and I got paired together the fall of 2014 and have kind of been swimming together ever since. And, yeah, the, the partners definitely change. I mean, she had a different partner in London, and I think this is going to be her last Olympics this year. So if I want to, which I'm planning to continue on, hopefully through 2020, maybe even 2024, who knows. <laughs> but she's going to be retiring, so I'll hopefully have to find a new partner. Yeah, maybe um, maybe in Buffalo? Yeah, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. I can train back there. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, the, the partners definitely change. I think it's ideally you want to keep, keep a partnership together for a few, a few years, few, even like two cycles of the Olympics. Um, like some of our competitors, actually, uh, one of our top close competitors right now is Austria and they're actually a group of triplets. So their duet is, you know, they're, they're the triplets and then their alternate is also their sister. So yeah. if someone's injured, they're still going to match perfectly. And they've and been swimming the together same. their whole life. Is it because then, they're the same, like build and same height? Is that same everything? Yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> so important. Match. Yeah. So that's, that helps them. And so, I mean, they've been swimming together since they started and that's more ideal than, you know, being put together just the year before the Olympics. But I think Marie and I have done a pretty, pretty good job getting paired together last with just a year out from the Olympics and kind of working hard to get ourselves together and be really on the same, on the same, yeah, frame for. Yeah. No, I, you know, in, in thinking about everything that has led up to these games, you mentioned your mom and how she was somebody that sort of encouraged you, but also let you make your own choices. But it seems like too, you've, you've basically been, all around the globe in training and competing. So is there anybody along the way that is somebody who's encouraged you to keep going or get better, or maybe even just kind of like picks you up when you're down? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely, all of my teammates and all my coaches that I've had over the years, just the, the way our sport works, we have to be so, we have to be so close with our teammates and our coaches as well, just with the amount of hours we spend together and, kind of just the way the sport works. Like if my duet partner and I really didn't get along, I don't think, you know, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't perform well together. We wouldn't be on the same, on the same page and it just wouldn't work out. So I think especially having Maria um, coming off the London games, she's been, you know, a really great help for me just kind of, kind of leading me along to my, to my first, to my first games and uh, sort of giving me hints on, on ways to think and, what, what to expect and, you know, what to look forward to and how to keep myself motivated when things are getting hard and just that she's already gone through it all and is, yeah. you know, able to go through it again with me and help me out a little bit. It's been great. So cool. Well, sounds like you have a great partner and, uh, you're right. She's seven years older. So maybe 2024 is, is definitely an <laughs> option for you. Yeah. What about the lighter side of things? You know, that, that off time, do, do you guys have a pretty good sense of humor? Um, you know, when you're, when you're touching base back home, is it all swimming all the time? Are you guys talking about, you know, like fun stuff and and cracking jokes, you know, um, kind of that life behind the scenes, what's that like for you? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so I'm actually, I'm a, I like to uh, kind of lean towards humor for a lot of things. So especially, you know, when things are harder, when we're, when we have days off, I like to kind of relax and just, you know, just like have fun and laugh and do whatever. Um, but I actually, my, so I'm living away from home, but I lived with two of my teammates this past year who are two of my closest friends as well. Um, and so that was, that was kind of really like a relief to kind of go home every day at the end of a long day and sort of just relax and unfold from a long day and just, just kind of laugh and, you know, not, not always be talking about the pool when we go home, when we get home and not talking about how practice went or whatever, just kind of forget about everything and just, you know, be in a normal, normal state for a little bit. Yeah. Um, No, I'm thinking, you know, you said you were 19, Bill, what, what was life like for you at 19? (laughs) 19. I was, um, just starting my collegiate soccer career. I was not very serious about it. <laughs> I was definitely not close to an Olympian. Um, boy, yeah, I wasn't a good student. I had a rough in 19. I know. I mean, I'm thinking back to 19. I think I was still in high school mode a little bit. I was, at, I was away at college, and that freedom was new for me. But, I mean, I'm probably still getting a kick out of that they have, like, chicken fingers at the dining hall, and I can eat them whenever I want. <laughs> 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 you mentioned, um, you know, living with some of your teammates. I think some people might be fascinated to know, how does all that work when you're, you know, on an Olympic team? Meaning, where do you stay? Um, you know, how do, who, what do you eat? Are you guys cooking your own meals? You know, what, what, downtime, you know, do they give you like, not an allowance, but like a stipend to go to the movies? You know, um, maybe you could talk about that a little Curfews, bit. Curfews, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I moved away from home when I was 16. So I was in my junior year of high school. And so the first two years I actually lived with host families, you know, I was finishing up my high school online. Um, so I kind of, and I didn't have a car out here in California yet. So I was kind of just living with, with like different families so I could eat dinners with them and get back from my long days, not have to cook my own meals. But, uh, this past year, yeah, I lived with two of my other teammates. Um, and so that was, we were in a house, so we were, you know, all on our own. I had my own car, making our own meals, everything, you know, on our own, buying our own groceries, all that. Um, and we do get, we get a small stipend. We actually, our funding got cut from the USOC, the U.S. Olympic Committee, um, last year. So we get a small stipend per month from USA Synchro. But, um, you know, by the time I pay my rent, it was, I think, maybe... I think I got $25 a month by the time I paid, once I paid my rent out with it. So it's not even enough for like not too much. McDonald's yeah. One, yeah, once a week. Oh yeah. Maybe two movie tickets or. Yeah. And, are, and Bill, aren't you surprised too, that there's these Olympic athletes training to represent their country and they're working towards this event that for some of them, we mentioned, you know, other athletes, maybe like track and field, for example, don't even know if they qualify until mm-hmm. a few weeks before. Um, they, they're not, living it up in mansions and having people drive around in cars. It reminds me a little bit of how junior hockey is. And if you're an American trying to make a, uh, uh, get into the NHL, one of the paths, if you don't go through NCAA is, is juniors. And you actually go to Canada and you live with a Canadian player at their house. And (laughs) because you don't have the money and there's nothing to, to give you, to give them to, to go and do that. So at least uh, there's a little support with the, um, the USOC, but yeah, 
are you allowed to, Anita, are you allowed to get your own uh, sponsors or something like that? You know, like crowdfund if you needed to, uh, you know, make make a deal with Nike. I don't know. Anything like that? Um, I sort of still, still don't really know about all of that because, you know, most most things go directed to USA Synchro. So, like, the sponsors and everything are with USA Synchro, and then we're a part of, like, that team or that group. Um, so, like, none of us have really had, like, our own, like, agents or sponsors like personally right um so we're kind of we've actually been looking a little bit more into that um kind of just see those rules and how that works with you know our partnership with usa synchro and everything um but not yeah we definitely aren't like you know like the track and field athletes or the swimmers who are you know team speedo or part of nike and things like that yeah um but hopefully hopefully i mean we can start branching out into that more and get our sport out there a little bit more no, I, um, I hear you. You got some of the basketball players. They're coming and they're going to represent the right. country. They're millionaires with right. you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of now thousands. Now these pro golfers, the golfing is in the Olympics now, and these pros are coming. You know, yeah. Like, now, thing. yeah. I know you're not in Rio yet, um, as at the time that we're recording this, but you will be. Do you do you think that you'll end up kind of rubbing elbows with some of these quote unquote celebrity athletes? <laughs> I hope so. I'm definitely going to keep my eye out. Um, and hopefully we can, you know, after we finish competing, hopefully we can go see some events cause we have our, our athlete badges and we can just request to go, go to some other, um, athletic events and see some other games and things like that. So That's it'd be cool. pretty cool to see some of those big names. Yeah. Yeah. That, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only a short time, uh, that you're there, so you might as well, you know, go, go snap some pictures with. Some of these uh, NBA players, golfers, whoever yeah. you know, people you recognize. Are you going to stay yeah. through the, the for the whole um, for the whole tournament for the whole Olympics? Um, yeah, so we'll be there. We're not actually not going to be there for opening ceremonies, which is upsetting. But oh. we will be there for closing ceremonies. Um, so we'll get there. We fly down to Rio August 10th, um, and then we compete the 14th, 15th, and 16th of August. And then I think we leave around August 22nd, so after the closing ceremonies and everything. So hopefully after we compete, we have those few days so we can get out and see a few things, see yep. Rio a little bit, see some other sporting events. and Eat whatever you want. People. <laughs> Eat whatever we want, yeah. be on vacation, yeah. start our vacation. Go to the beach. Yeah, yeah I hear you. It'll take a little bit of time. I was wondering if okay. traveling around the globe, you have any crazy travel stories, maybe some ups like first class or some downs like they lose your luggage or something. Well, I've lost my luggage many of times, many times. See, one time we were going to Brazil. Actually, we were going to Brazil. We were in Rio. Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, we flew there, and we get there, and, you know, my coach gets her bag. My duet partner gets her bag, and I'm sitting around. Five minutes go by, waiting for my bag. Ten minutes go by. Mm. Meanwhile, it's like 20 minutes later, and still haven't gotten my bag. So, of course, everything is in my bag. You know, all my clothes, all my suits, everything. Um, I think... The other thing is our coaches were always supposed to keep things in our carry-on. We're always supposed to keep our competition suits, at least like one of our practice suits and our caps and goggles and everything. And of course, that one time I I didn't and I put everything in my <laughs> suitcase. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, it's okay. It never happens. Nothing will happen. Of course, this time it does. So we get there and I don't have any practice suits. I have cap and goggles, but I don't have any swimsuits. Hmm. And we end up having to wait like they delivered my bag to me two days later um so i think my, my teammate had an extra one but we had to wear you know different suits at at, at the practice at competition and everything our coach wasn't too happy but yeah. 
it all worked out. We still got to train. Everything, everything went well. So, <laughs> do they? Do they? Like, I'm, of course, you don't say this, but do they even? Do they care who you are? You're like, do you know who I am? I'm an Olympic <laughs> athlete, and my <laughs> swimsuit was in that bag. Let's go, Southwest or whoever. They, they don't. Yeah, care. we're we're usually pretty pretty like held back about that stuff, but our coaches always try and pull that. You know, like we're something's going on with the bus or something about getting food or our hotel or something. And they're like, do you know who these are? These are Olympic athletes. Like we need to, we need to be, get, get our room faster or get this faster or whatever. They always try and pull out the Olympic card, but yeah. we just sit back and we just, we just wave and smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you have it together. Easier. You yeah, do it at yeah. the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same time. Synchronized. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you, I guess you have it easier than like the shot putter who is trying to check, you know, like 300 pounds worth of equipment. So <laughs> right. you know, just, just keep it in your carry on. Well, yeah. well, you know, there might be a lot of people listening who, um, who, who might be interested to hear in one of your um, challenge stories, like an obstacle, even a failure somewhere along the way. Right now you're at the top of your sport and you're representing your country. But before that, um, can you describe maybe a challenge that you had to overcome on this path to success? One of like sort of my, I guess, failure, I wouldn't really consider it a failure, more of like a challenge. Going into like national team trials, I tried out for, you know, four or five years before I actually made my first team. So yeah, I wouldn't really consider it a failure, but I got, you know, kind of out of it. I got more great opportunities for me to grow overcoming the upsets, I was getting different opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten to do if I had made the teams right from the start. And, you know, when I did end up making that team five years later, my first team, it made it that much more exciting and that much more special, mm-hmm. you know, waiting, waiting for all the hard work to finally pay off and feel so rewarding and worth it at, at the end. Well, yeah. And it is a lot of hard work because if the main event where most people are going to recognize you, not that there's not competition after competition, but it's something that only occurs every you know, four years, you have to work so hard for so long just mm-hmm. to get there. But you mentioned too, maybe you have some some goals in mind to to get back there. And I'm sure there might be some 13, 14 year old who has that same, you know, goal in mind. And now all of a sudden it's a healthy competition. So it is about hard work mm-hmm. and dedication. So yeah, it's it's understandable at a younger age when when, when you didn't get there, you know, how, yeah. how you kind of like learn from that. Yeah, sort of. And when you're when you're younger too, you know, you see like your only goal is to make the team, to make the team. But when you when you think about it, there's so many other little goals that you could be making along the way. And you know, once I did, you know, miss out on making some of my first teams, I I had different goals. You know, I was still still competing with my club team instead of the national teams, and I had goals for going to national championships. And you know, I ended up going and was able to win my first national championship in solo in the solo event, um, with my club team. So different things like that and realizing sort of there's still other things you can accomplish along the way. And then, you know, that'll of course eventually lead you to making that larger goal that you had been trying to make from the beginning. Yep. And you missed, um, uh, you left, you finished high school on your own on online, you said. Yes. So did you get to yes. do any like high school stuff? Like, did you get to go to a prom before then or, or, you know, because you kind of you're not a typical high school graduate, um, right? How much of that did you get exposed to, and and how much of that did you miss? So yeah, so I left high school my junior year to finish online, and when I moved out here training, so I did miss I missed junior prom, I missed senior prom, I missed graduation. So I pretty much 
pretty much I missed every every big <laughs> event like that. Yeah. Um, for high school, but um, you know, it was pretty ups- upsetting at first, and you know, going through those years and seeing all my friends with all their pictures and everything from prom and graduation. You know, I was always really upset and thinking about you know if I regretted moving away and choosing to do this and whatnot. But um, you know, I've always I've kind of kind of gotten over it and kind of realized that you know walking across the world stage as opposed to my high school stage getting handed my diploma is kind of kind of a bigger bigger deal for me and was more more worth it um just kind of everything that I've sacrificed along the way and everything I've given up and kind of worked for is kind of all happening now and especially you know now getting a chance to go to Rio this summer just kind of putting it all back in perspective and you know, if I was back there going to prom, then I, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. That's, would so, you say it's almost like, uh, those, those sacrifices are fuel for that, for that gold medal that you're going after? Yeah, definitely. All those, you know, all the sacrifices I've made, all the, all the things I've missed out on, I've kind of, you know, all coming back to me now. So. Oh yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's like the, the events are so close from when we're recording and, and, and you know, for you just days away from when this will be airing, it's kind of like, uh, it's just so exciting. I'm really happy for you. You know, as we sort of, uh, look ahead to like current business and, um, I know you sort of mentioned it a little bit already. Is there, is there anything that's currently exciting you? I know you have the Olympics, so maybe it can be something kind of fun, personal. Bill mentioned some of that vacation stuff. Is there anything that's (laughs) kind of, you're looking forward to? Yeah. I mean, definitely, definitely the vacation and a nice long break after after Rio before I start back up again. But also, you know, I took these past few months off of school for to just train, just focus com- completely on training. So I'm a little, I'm excited to get back into. I'm going to take some classes this coming coming fall and winter. Um, so and I haven't been in a real classroom since my sophomore year of high school. Where so. are you going to do that? Um, well. Because I'm continuing training, I'm just going to start with some classes at the local junior community okay. college, um, and then eventually transfer over to university. But just just the idea of getting back into you know a real classroom and sitting down with other other classmates and a teacher right in front of me is I'm I don't know I'm super excited for it. Good. So like like my going back to my first day of school again. So oh yeah, I mean, and you were a pretty good student, right? Uh, when back in the day, right? Yeah, I was, and I always. I enjoyed school, you know, I enjoyed school and I enjoyed learning and all that. So I, I'm excited to go back to like, you know, learning in front of a teacher, not having to teach myself everything. Yeah, that's a little, yeah, a little boring. Trying to just read over everything online and answer questions and just sitting by myself. I'm more social. So I like to be, be in a surrounding with other, other students and teachers and everything too. So. Yeah, I mean, do you know what your like kind of focus might be? You know, and again, you you still have your your goals for the for for the future in terms of the sport itself. But you know, looking ahead to education or maybe a profession, you know, what are these classes going to be? You know, kind of what are you leaning towards or working towards? I'm still not really sure, to be honest. Um, I've always kind of been interested in sort of like the medical side of things, but I'm not sure exactly what. That's all not right. sure yet. Yeah, you don't need to know. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I think we are we already shared with that. And, I'm not sure I know yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> and in, uh, yeah, at 19, not a lot of people do. So you know, if there's somebody that is listening 
and they are inspired by your story and they're motivated to maybe kind of go after their own goals. Is there any advice you'd give to somebody who's sort of just starting out? I think just really just, just do what makes you happy and do what you enjoy. And, you know, even if it seems impossible at times, this is kind of cliche, but you can do anything, you know, anything you set your mind to. So just remember to enjoy the journey and to recognize the little things that will make it all worth it. One thing my, one of my, my duet partner always says, and I think has really stuck with me is to never, never give up or quit when things aren't going exactly the way you want them to. Um, you know, if you quit when everything is going fine and you aren't, because you aren't happy anymore, then okay, maybe, you know, maybe it's time to move on, find something new, but never, never give up, never lose hope on, on an off day, you know? Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Yeah, it's great advice. And like you said, it might sound cliche in the sense that, you know, it's probably what everybody, you know, hears, but sometimes you need to hear it. Well, it's what everyone does yeah. that's successful. Yeah. It's you know, you just, you just keep your eye on the prize and, and keep going. Well, we're going to be, exactly. you know, very, very excited to to, to watch your performance. And, yeah. then, you know, because uh, you're local, if you're back in town, we, we do some podcast events and, uh, you know, hopefully you know maybe we could uh meet in person you know sometime in the near future i think uh, that'd be great yeah we watched yeah, some definitely. of the videos of the sport and and uh it's pretty crazy it's pretty it's pretty exciting yeah yeah i try to do some of that in the pool you know what <laughs> did you try it oh, yeah, a little <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt it i you doubt know it. remember that saturday night live skit uh, hey you i know you i know you i did that in the pool you did that one yeah, yeah i did that one well, Anita, this has been pretty good, and we're we're excited for you, and uh, and we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. Behind the scenes, folks and listeners, you literally are in the pool for nine hours a day. This isn't some exaggeration. So, just finding the time to record was. She's in the pool now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am recording. Recording right on the you, side of the pool. You are so talented. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I, do, I appreciate you you know taking the time out of your busy schedule. So, uh, guys, this has been another fantastic episode of uh, remember to subscribe to the show and you can like us on facebook twitter instagram and anita we are on snapchat too so you know we can definitely uh you know follow each other or, or kind of yeah. yeah check that out one more time <laughs> cool. before we close it out why don't you uh plug your social media so people can get some of those behind the scenes uh shots and stuff from uh from rio yeah so my instagram and snapchat are um at a-n-i-t-a-a-a-l-v-a-r-e-z and my Twitter is at A-N-I-T-A-A-L-V-A-R-E-Z-12. Do you mind if I ask your middle name? It's actually not A. It's K-K-A-Y. So <laughs> we just confused okay. everybody out yep. there. But yeah. <laughs> well, it confuses everyone, too, because I say A. AA like three times and then people always mess it up and miss the third A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're close to Canada. Yeah. yeah. You were so raised. They, so they yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right. Well guys, thanks for thanks for tuning in and Anita, thanks for doing the show. Yep, thank you very much. All right, I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton. All right, until next time, guys. See ya. Ah, Bill, wow. Wow. <laughs> There's no way I could do what she does. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. She is uh I give her tons of credit. That Anita Alvarez, wow, she is uh, she's an Olympian, and we just talked to her. Yep, <laughs> that's pretty cool. We get to watch her soon too. Yeah, you know if uh, if you haven't checked her out yet online, you could definitely please show her some love. Let her know you listened and that um, and that you're supporting her because she is just working for hours every single day in yep. the pool. And good luck, Anita. I'm not sure if you're going to hear this uh, down there, but 
good luck. Yeah, or after the fact, you know, we're all we're all following you, watching you, and uh, and uh, just give you tons of credit. But Bill, we have a uh, a special announcement. It, it is a very special super announcement. Yes, we are going to give away for free one of our short story specials. Yep, and it's with Anita Alvarez. So here's how it works. We have a Patreon page where we post all of our behind the scenes kind of special, you know, like hardcore fan type stuff. A little extra involvement with our guests. And we have these short story specials available there. And we're going to give away for free Anita's story. It's funny. <laughs> it's a good one. It is. Um, it involves... Um, involves a couple of things. Involves like a, you know how those things. One thing leads to another, and if this thing didn't happen, this wouldn't. That's what happens. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's short. It is short. It's a story, and it's funny, and it's good. So here's what you got to do: just head to our website, guystellingstories.com, and click on the support the show link. That's going to take you right to our Patreon page. You're going to see Anita's face. You're going to see her story, and you just press play. Easy. That's all you got to do. It's there for free. But and we, it's funny. And it's funny. And we want everyone to hear it. Yeah. So please just head to our website, click on the support the show link. It's going to take you right to Anita's story and enjoy. She was good, man. That was, uh, I'm really excited. I'm excited for her. I'm excited for, you know, from here. So I'm excited for Buffalo that she's there and look forward to watching it. Yeah, guys, please show her some love. Please share her episode. Like her episode, tag her in some posts. Just let her know you, you listened to her story, and we are all rooting for her. So, uh, Anita, best of luck. We can't wait to, uh, can't wait to see you in the Olympics. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. All right, guys, this has been another fantastic episode of Guys Telling Stories. I'm Rich Douglas. And I'm Bill Easton. Until next time.